podcast this week is all about money because first we talked about DFS on Tuesday and today we're going to talk some preseason predictions including our over under bets for every NFL team's win total this year. Uh, Miles Nelson, Eric Smith and hey we've got Ryan Heath back on the show and you're going to be hearing from Ryan every Thursday from here on out as he's joining our sit start podcasting for the season. Welcome Ryan. Hey, how's it going? I'm happy to be here. Excited to get a little warm up in before the season starts and yeah, going to get into the routine now. Yeah, I I made sure to time that intro just as you were about to take a drink. I want you to know you got to stay on your feet, stay on your toes this season. Uh, We're going to be throwing stuff your way all the time, completely unexpected. I'm going to try to catch you just like spitting water all over your computer. Uh, Hey, Eric, how's it going? I'm great. Uh, No water over here, so I'm ready to go. But um, yeah, I think we just decided to throw like everything at Ryan for this podcast, pick all the divisions, all the over-unders, all the awards, Uh, get used to it. That's how sit start is. You got to answer all the questions. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of the sit start show, a little bit of talk about the podcast schedule moving forward. This is presumably going to be our last show of the preseason. We might do another uh, if there's like a big news or something like that between now and next Wednesday, we might do another show. But next week, we're going to be starting with our regular season schedule. So first, we're going to have our sit start show that comes out on Thursday mornings, help you figure out who to play, who to sit, how to manage your fantasy teams uh, each week. On Sunday nights, we're going to have the What We Saw podcast coming out. Um, Eric Smith will be on that one as that's kind of like our NFL Sunday recap show, telling you everything they uh, saw while watching football that day. Uh, And then on Tuesday mornings, we're going to have the Waiver Wire podcast coming out to help you figure out uh, who you should pick up who you should drop each week. Uh, Ryan was a regular on the waiver wire show last year. So Ryan, what, um, what did you learn doing the waiver wire show that, that the people at home might, might, you know, be able to take with them? Uh, I mean, doing the waiver wire show, a lot of it was really digging into some not surface level statistics. Like every week when you're managing your fantasy team, you're probably looking at like how many targets or how many rushing attempts a player got. But we're looking at stuff like red zone usage, stuff like air yards. And I'm excited to bring a lot of that analysis to sit start as well. So you're telling me I shouldn't just look at like the most added players on Yahoo and then just go down in order of that for my own waiver claims? Uh, for your own entertainment, you might want to look at that, especially during the offseason, I'll say you'll get some weird names popping up because they were in a Twitter thread or something. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I would recommend digging a little bit deeper. I think I saw recently that Todd Gurley was picked up in 10,000 uh, Yahoo leagues uh, when there was some uh, some thought they were like, oh, yeah, the Ravens worked this dude out like two months ago. Maybe they'll call him again. And then uh, like within hours, uh, the Ravens were like, no, nah, we're, we're not doing that. We're good. But not before everyone picked up Todd Gurley. Um, so uh, before we get into preseason predictions, talking about news, uh, let's talk about some surprising news from New England. Cam Newton was released. I think that caught kind of all of us by surprise as it it seemed like, I mean, obviously it was a, it was a positional battle, uh, but it seemed like it was trending towards Cam Newton starting if he was healthy. Um, Ryan, as a Patriots fan, were you surprised to see that Cam Newton got released? Yeah, I was very surprised, and I'll say I'm really annoyed at all the people on Twitter pretending they weren't surprised <laughs> because I the pretty much the only place that I was hearing Mac Jones is going to start Week One was on local sports radio, and I think I think I even made a joke about how terrible local sports radio is here in New England on Twitter recently, but yeah, they they got one over on me this time. I didn't see it coming, but I'm excited. 
Yeah, um, that definitely was news that I, I was very surprised by. And and it made waves to the point um, that my dad, who doesn't really follow the NFL, hit me up about it and was like, hey, is this someone the Cowboys could sign? And I was like, why? We have we have Dak, though. I don't want Cam. Anyway, um, Eric, where are you going to be ranking Mac Jones at quarterback uh, if you have not drafted yet? Yeah, so I'm excited about him more so for the rest of the offense. Um, the issue with Mac is just going to be like we always talk about quarterbacks. He's not going to run the ball a lot, um, so he's just going to have to have a crazy touchdown rate. So in two QB leagues, I feel really good with him. Um, I've got him at QB 24, which I know doesn't sound that impressive, but um, I'd still rather take shots on uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance just for that rushing ability. But if you're in a league where you need a starter, I think he's going to be pretty good. I think they will increase their passing volume a little bit, and he'll be right in that kind of Zach Wilson, Ryan Fitzpatrick range. So that's where I got him, QB 24. Yeah, so so you mentioned if you need a starter, but it sounds like he's pretty far behind kind of your streaming tier of uh, the Kirk Cousins, the Baker Mayfields, uh, Matt Ryan. Um, these are guys that you'd probably rather stream ahead of Mac Jones. Yeah, they're ahead of him. I have him in the same tier. I have that 19 to 25 tier and he's in there. So he's in the tier of starters who aren't like broken down, you know, and I think have a little bit of upside. So there is upside for Jones to put together a really good season. So I'm not, I'm not totally down on him. I'd rather take him, I think, than Roethlisberger at this point in his career. All right. Um, and you mentioned you like more what it does for the other players in New England. So let's let's talk about them real quick. Obviously, um, everyone wants to know, especially with the running backs, because Cam Newton, we saw what happened to James White last year with Cam Newton under center. Uh, you know, and, and we always are worried that he's going to be the one vulturing, uh, you know, red zone, you know, goal line work. So what does this mean for Damien Harris and James White? Yeah, I think it's really good for them. Um, it does not move them up that highly in my rankings. I have Damian Harris RB29. Um, definitely puts James White kind of back in the crosshairs as pass catching back. He's RB42. Uh, like I said, I think they just might have an actual passing offense now that throws the ball more than you know 18 times a game. So that's exciting. Um, and yeah, I, I think for the tight ends, for the running backs, everyone, I, this is a really good thing for the offense in general. So I, I, Cam would have been the more exciting streamer option at quarterback, but the rest of the offense, uh, this is a thumbs up for them. Okay, real, real quick rankings uh, uh, questions. Damian Harris or Gus Edwards? I've got Gus Edwards higher. I, I just, I know that that offense, I know what it's going to be. And I think they have similar pass catching liabilities, both of them. So I'd take Gus Edwards. All right. What about Harris or someone like Raheem Mostert? Um, I actually have them back to back. I am way lower on Raheem Mostert than most. So I have Mostert at 30, Harris at 29. I have been creeping Mostert up because he's survived the preseason healthy, but I just don't count on a serious workload from Mostert. So I'd rather take Harris. Okay, and then with James White, as far as the pass-catching running backs go, you've got uh, Naeem Hines, J.D. McKissick, Giovanni Bernard, James White are like the main ones. I don't think I'm missing anyone, but I might be. Where does James White factor into the pass-catching running back uh, rankings? I got him at the top of them. His age concerns me a bit, but we've just seen the volume in the past, and hopefully uh, Mac Jones is like a, a very poor man's Tom Brady this year, can dump off to the running backs. So um, I, I think it probably goes White, Bernard, um, then Hines and McKissick for me. All right. Well, someone did point out that um, Mac Jones and Tom Brady both have names that are three letters in the first name and five letters in the last name. So maybe there's you got something these, with these that. Uh, fan. We, we can't we can't <laughs> have too many more of these Patriots fans on the podcast. So yeah. Um, so Ryan was the one that pointed. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but Ryan, let's talk about the wide receivers. Uh, Jacoby Myers has been the one who's 
been mostly drafted. I I, I kind of don't really know if I can call it that because he doesn't get drafted in every league. But is he someone that should be drafted in 12 team leagues now? And is there are there any other wide receivers that should be on our radar? Yeah, Myers should absolutely be drafted. I think he actually has a pretty good floor this year. I mean, he's really the receiver that has looked the best throughout camp. Uh, last year, he was top 10 in the league in yards per out run. He's really been pretty much the bright spot of this receiver room for the last couple of years. He's outperformed Nikhil Harry, which is not a high bar, but they get compared a lot here because they were the same draft class. And obviously, the draft capital is worlds apart between those two players. Um, so I'm I'm down with Jacoby Myers kind of late in drafts. I mean, if you really feel like your receiver depth is somewhat lacking, I think he's a pretty good like final couple around pick. Um, other than that, I'm not all that interested in Nelson Aguilar. He should be used to stretch the field. I don't think he's going to be a consistent fantasy producer. Kendrick Bourne, I've always kind of liked. I think he's best in the slot, and I'm not sure how much he's going to get used there. So I would really only be focusing on Myers for fantasy purposes. But this Mac Jones starting does definitely help him because the passing volume should be up. All right. And then the tight ends who I think most people had Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry both kind of in like the if I miss out on all the good tight ends, like I'll take this guy towards the end of drafts. And then that kind of has really dipped off lately. Hunter Henry obviously suffered the shoulder injury. And I think we were all starting to remember what uh, rushing Johnny Smith actually feels like. Um, so does Mac Jones help bump up either their value um, with, I will say we have not really heard anything about Hunter Henry's uh, shoulders since he injured it back on August 10th. So I, I mean, let's, let's just assume that he's uh, somewhat healthy the first few weeks of the season. Um, does Mac Jones help Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith at all? He does help both of them. And again, it's because the overall passing volume should be up. I mean, Cam Newton, if he was going to play for the first six weeks, was going to have a lot of rushing attempts that would eat into those uh, passing attempt shares. Um, I really don't mind Henry or Smith in drafts. They both are at a reasonable price. I mean, it's probably if one hits, the other won't. We're not entirely sure how both of them are going to be used. Um, but I, you could end up fairly happy if you pick the correct one. So I really don't hate it late at tight end. They're both talented players. I probably prefer Henry a little bit just because you can get him a bit later uh, because of that injury uncertainty. And he's had a bit of a better track record as a receiver in his career. So that's where I would probably lean. But I do have both of them in on different teams. Yeah, Smith is going off the board right now as tight end 14. Hunter Henry is tight end 16, but Irv Smith Jr. is right above them. And obviously, um, with him being out for the season, most likely that's he's not going to be drafted anymore. So I guess Smith and Henry are still very much in that end of your draft range. Um, also, this means that uh, week one, we're going to see Mac Jones versus Tua Tagovailoa. Um, Dolphins are traveling to New England to kick off their season. So we're going to get the battle of the Alabama quarterbacks uh, to start the year. That's pretty cool. Unfortunately, the Eagles don't play either team this year, so we're not going to get Jalen Hurts into the mix. But that's okay because Hurts is by far the worst passer of the three. So I don't, you know, it wouldn't be much of a fair fight. Um, uh, real quick tangent on that: I have a really good buddy who's a huge uh, Alabama fan. He took uh, a lot of offense to me saying Jalen Hurts isn't a good passer, and then he texted me. He said, "Hey, I, I rewatched one of their uh, bowl games from like 2016, and uh, yeah, Hurts can't pass." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's what we've all been saying. He can run. Uh, but that's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna do it for the Alabama segment of this show. Uh, and, and I think we're ready to move on from the Patriots to talk about our season predictions, uh, for what we think is going to happen in the 2021 NFL season. Let me just start by asking this, 
Um, do you guys feel like this is a season where everything kind of feel, I mean, predictable is probably not the right word. Cause as soon as we say that we're going to be proven wrong, but it just feels like there's a lot of divisions where there's not, I mean, we know who's going to win it already. Yeah. I was trying to fight that when I was making my picks. Um, it's really hard to not pick a rematch in the Super Bowl with the Bucks and Chiefs. Like it's just tough. Right. So, um, I'm fighting it every step of the way, but yeah, there's a lot of these divisions that you just default to that same team and it all comes back to quarterback. And, uh, you know, if you have one of the top five quarterbacks, it's hard to not put them in the playoffs. Yeah, I was definitely trying to be kind of contrarian in a few spots here. It does feel predictable. We probably say this before every NFL season. Like, I, I know, like, you can schedule the tweet right now for week three. This is the craziest season so far. I can't remember <laughs> a season as crazy as this through three weeks. But, yeah, as it stands right now, I don't really see how a lot of these can go wrong, but I'm sure they can. Yeah, the, the tough thing about the NFL in particular is – once like once the season starts and the injuries start to pile up, then all of a sudden it's like, well, how could we not see the Titans were gonna go two and fifteen? It was like, well, we didn't think Derrick Henry was gonna get hurt, you know, or something was something to that effect. Knock on wood for Derrick Henry. I I hope nothing but the best for you, but it just was one of the ones that popped up. So um also I don't they probably go better than two and fifteen if if Derrick Henry's hurt. I don't I don't know. But anyway, um uh, let's talk about the NFC. We're gonna go division by division and pick who we think is going to win the division. Let's start with probably the most contested one, the NFC West. I think there are three teams that have uh their claim to uh potentially winning the division, and that is the LA Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks. And which sucks because the Cardinals are no slouch either, but like it's just like yeah. what a tough division to be a part of. Um, Eric, who do you think is going to win this division? Yeah, so I picked the Rams. Uh, the worry for the Rams is they are awfully top heavy. If anything happens to Ramsey, to Aaron Donald, um, to Matthew Stafford, obviously, this could go south in a hurry. But um, I really respect Sean McVay as a coach. You throw in that talent, uh, I'm taking them to win the division. There's going to be a lot of excitement uh, on that team with Matthew Stafford taking over for Jared Goff. So I think there's a little bit of a narrative there. Um, they're also a really, really good team. And I just expect um, a lot of points scored. And as long, like I said, as long as Ramsey and Donald stay healthy, that defense is going to be good enough to, you know, hold up. So um, I'm going with the Rams. Uh, the Seahawks are very close for me, though. And it was a tough decision, but um, give me the Rams. I also went the Rams. It was not as tough of a decision for me because this is a team that has one of the best defenses in football and made the playoffs last year and was a team that we all were like, hey, this is a really good team. It just sucks that their quarterback sucks and therefore uh, that's going to ruin everything for them. And now they don't have a crappy quarterback. They have an actually good quarterback in Matt Stafford. So I felt like the one situation for them that that was a problem has been resolved. Uh, and, and I think the Rams are going to win this division uh, it may be close when it comes to the standings, but I feel like it'll be a pretty comfortable uh, uh, win for them. Uh, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I went with the Seahawks here. I did think it was close. I mean, the, the Rams roster just top, well, not really top to bottom, mostly at the top is just incredible class of the league. But I have a really hard time resisting the idea that this could be Russell Wilson's full season that he puts together. That's just a miraculous performance. Like we we've seen him put together these crazy, like eight game stretches before. And mm -hmm. I mean, with Schottenheimer out in Seattle with the new offensive coordinator that might let him throw, throw a little more, uh, let him ball out, let him cook. I'm just, I am having a hard time resisting the narrative here with Russell Wilson and, 
I am pretty bullish on the Seahawks. I don't love their defense. I mean, you hope maybe Pete Carroll can figure out how to put together a league average defense that should be what he should be able to do. But we'll we'll see how it goes. But I like the Seahawks to win this division. Yeah, and that was the the tiebreaker for me was defense for sure. I will say um, Warren Sharp, uh, if you go to sharpfootballstats.com, he's got a really good strength of schedule um, kind of graphic that you can look at. And I will say the Seahawks have a really easy schedule this year. They have the eighth easiest while Rams are closer to, well, they're 23, a little closer to middle of the pack. But um, so that is a, a hidden tiebreaker there is the strength of schedule, but I just think the Rams defense is too good. What do we think of the 49ers who actually uh, lead the the division in terms of their over under? They're, they're tied with the Rams at 10 and a half, but I've seen them as high as 11 on some sports books. Um, none of us picked the 49ers to uh, win the division. I, I don't actually even think the 49ers are going to make the playoffs. Um, but why why do why why do the betting odds seem to be that they're going to win the division? Yeah, well, that that same Warren Sharp. um graphic that I was referencing. It's based on the forecasted win totals of the team's opponents. Uh, the 49ers have by far the easiest schedule in the league. So I think that's a lot of it there. Uh, they start out with the Lions and the Eagles. Um, they get the Bears, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Texans. Like Other than their division and the Packers, Colts, and Titans, like those are their hard games. The rest is pretty manageable. So that's uh, it's, it's Trey Lance looming. It's Kyle Shanahan, and then it's an easy schedule. That's what's got people excited. Yeah, I just don't know if I see whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo playing. I don't know in those division games. I really don't know if I see them hanging with the Seahawks and with the Rams. Like, I I, I agree that the schedule is really easy. They could definitely win the division. I, I have them in the playoffs. Um, I, That defense is really talented as well. But I'm just not as bullish on them. Yeah, I it just... The Seahawks have an amazing offense and an okay defense. The Rams are have an amazing defense and above average offense. The 49ers to me, I don't I don't know that they're necessarily going to be above average on either side of the field. There I there's reasons to believe that they will be on both sides of the field, but I think there's also enough risk that for me it's just I I can't pick them in a in a division where they have four games against the Rams and against the Seahawks and then this, the you know the barrel of the bottom of the barrel for them is the Arizona Cardinals. It's not like they're going to be able to have games against like the Houston Texans, um, you know, twice a year or something like that. I mean, I know they have an easy schedule overall, but you look at the division. Six of their games are going to come against the Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks. Like I don't, I, that doesn't sound like a good time to me. I will say though, the rest of the NFC we'll get to outside of this division. Uh, it feels like there's about two good teams. So yeah, um, that, it, I don't know it, that that puts them in play for the wild card, I think, but I would not pick them to win this division. That's for sure. Yeah. Picking yeah. the wild card teams was, was definitely a, a stretch <laughs> for the NFC, especially over to the AFC. I think it's very clear which uh, conference is the better conference this year. Yeah. Um, Let's move on to uh, the next two divisions we have here are kind of the easy ones, I think, for picking the winners. We have the same winners for both divisions. So let's start with the NFC North. Um, all three of us picked the Packers. I, I mean, I don't really see a world, uh, I mean, non-injury related where the Packers aren't the best team in the NFC North. But um, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and make the case for me that someone else in this division is has a chance at winning it? Uh, if I had to make the case, I would say the Bears and the way it would happen is Justin Fields starts early and he sets the league on fire. And I think that's a possibility, but I don't and I have the Bears as a wild card contender for sure it, in that like fairly good case scenario. But yeah, I really don't see him going toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> 
Yeah, best case scenario, they're good enough to maybe make a wild card. Um, that's where we're at with the NFC North. I really don't think, again, short of injuries or something like that, I don't really see a team challenging the Packers uh, for the lead in the NFC North. Um, the NFC South, we all have picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, pretty straightforward. Um, neither of these divisions have particularly strong um, challengers. Um there's one team in the NFC South that I think has a chance, but I, there's a lot of question marks for them compared to where they were last year. So Eric, um, I assume you're going to say the same team that I'm thinking of, but who could win the NFC South if it's not the Bucks? Yeah, it pretty clearly be the New Orleans Saints. Um, they still cool. have a really good defense. And I think they are the sort of team where by three or four weeks in, we're like, wow, Sean Payton is that legit. And Jameis Winston looks pretty good. And they're going to, they're going to challenge, you know, the bucks for that division, or at least put up a fight for the wild card. So I would not be surprised at all if the the saints win, you know, 10 games. Um, But I do think the bucks are just too complete of a team. I mean, you can't poke a hole in their roster anywhere. Really. I think you could say maybe there's some defensive regression coming just because they were so good. And we tend to see that on defense where it's hard to be like that elite defense back-to-back years. But other than that, like they're just loaded at every position. Yeah, but like their quarterback needs to be in a retirement home. So, you know, there yeah. there's that, right? There's that whole We're we're going Ryan, on like five years of that though. So I mean yeah. at some point you just give up. Yeah. Ryan's already grabbing the knife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like I think I've said this before. I've never heard less Tom Brady's maybe wash talk in an offseason than I have this offseason. Like even going back to like 2015, we would hear this every year and I ha- I haven't heard it. I don't know if I'm just not listening to the people that usually would say it. Maybe they've all just been shunned and pushed away from the microphone, but I I don't hear the Tom Brady pessimism anymore. So maybe it maybe this is the time that it happens. I, I think it's just that we've had enough quarterback controversy to talk about that we're like ta- we can't talk about anymore between Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. Um, there's just we just can't keep there's enough enough quarterback stuff to talk about we don't need to talk about uh, Tom Brady being old everyone we know that one you you can just play the same clip from 2015 today <laughs> and it's just like just like uh, deep fake the word Buccaneers in there for every time they say Patriots and we're good um, all right let's talk about the NFC East um, I think this one's pretty straightforward because <laughs> I know for a fact that they're gonna break my heart and I don't care so I'm saying the Dallas Cowboys are gonna win the division and uh, I now know that by saying that out loud, I've sealed my fate to watch them go eight, eight and one and miss the playoffs by one game. Yeah. So I, I sided with you for some reason on the Cowboys. I think it's pretty clearly between the Cowboys and Washington football team. Um, no, I will tell you why. It's because, of, again, the strength of schedule. Washington gets a first place schedule while the Cowboys do not. Um, only four teams in the league have a tougher schedule than Washington. They're playing you know, the Chargers, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Packers, Tampa Bay, they got a, a brutal schedule here while they, the Cowboys struggled last year and get a much easier schedule. And then I do tend to default to the better quarterback and the better offense. So I'm picking the Cowboys. Um, it feels like one of those traps, you know, how we always pick the Falcons to be good for years because they had a lot of good fantasy players and they were never good. Um, it, it feels like that here. Uh, but I just, between the schedule and the quarterback, that I'm going with the Cowboys and I, I don't love it. I mean, that's fair. And look, Eric, I know what you're doing. And no, I'm not going to pick the Bengals to win the division. Though I do appreciate you standing with me. Uh, I cannot I cannot stand with you in the AFC North. Um, not that you picked them to win either. Uh, Ryan, you are a fool and pick someone besides the Cowboys to win the division. Why do you see the Washington football team uh, repeating as the division champs? 
Yeah, I also do this every year with the Cowboys and want it to be different this year. So th- this probably will be the year they somehow put 12 wins together. But I re- I just do not trust that Cowboys defense. I really like how the Washington football team is built. I mean, on both the offensive line and the defensive line, they have a lot of talent, a lot of depth. I think this team is well set up to like win 10 games and win a weak division. I like I said, I think the Cowboys will be awesome for fantasy, but I really don't know that I'm confident in them winning this division. I mean, what is there for you not to trust? In order for you to trust something, you have to believe something about it. And we believe that they're going to be terrible. So I trust that that Cowboys defense is going to be awful. I feel like that's one of the things I can count on probably the most this year, actually more than anything else. Uh, But I do agree. I think if you look, if offense wasn't more important, well, I mean, defense wins champions and all all that. But I think we, we feel like, you know, offense is more important that having an elite offense and an awful defense can get you more wins than having an elite defense. And like, I don't know, a below average offense. Like I'll give them credit for having like Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. But like, I mean, we're going to get half a season of Fitz tragic, half a season of Fitz magic. And then some other quarterback in there at some point or another, cause it's Washington. I, I just don't know that I want to rely on that be winning a division in a year where other teams might actually be good. Unlike last year, where the NFC East was by far one of the worst divisions in the history of the NFL. I think there's still a couple bad ones in this division. Uh, what, what do you think, uh, what's it take to win this division? What, what are we predicting for a win total for the first place team? What do you got, Ryan? I, I said 10 wins, and I like I think that Washington is pretty locked into like 9, 10 wins. I think they have a narrow range of outcomes. The way that they lose is if the Cowboys hit their ceiling, but I as we said, I'm not betting on the Cowboys to hit their win total ceiling. Yeah, I, I think it's a race to 10 wins, and what we need to keep remembering is a 17-game uh, season. So, um, yeah, a 10-win team, a 9-win team, I think that's probably how they finish here. What not a not a ten loss team? Are you sure about that? Because that's that's what it took last year. Uh, something along those lines. It, I, I don't think we actually know that bad. But, it's in play. Uh, yeah, that was in play last year. I don't think that's in play this year. Um, I do see the path to uh, the football Washington football team winning the division uh, for a second straight year, but I don't want to believe it. Um, for the wild card teams, um, obviously we've all picked different division winners, but uh, it looks like all three of us have the Seahawks making the playoffs in some form or fashion. Ryan, you had the winning the division. Um, Eric and I, we both had the Seahawks as wildcard teams. We all had Washington football team as a playoff team. So really the only place that we differ, um, Eric, you have the 49ers making uh, the wildcard spot. Ryan, you've got the 49ers and the Bears making it to the wildcard spot. And then I've got the New Orleans Saints getting there. Um, we really, we've already talked about the 49ers, Bears, and Saints, so we don't really need to talk about them anymore. Um, but I will say, we, we touched on this, the NFC is not good this year. It's really, it's not deep. No. When I when I looked at the NFC West, I was like, man, this is tough. Like, I want, I was close to putting all four of them in the playoffs just for the fun of it. Um, <laughs> but then I went to the other divisions and I was like, man, like the, the South is terrible. The, the North, like nobody cares beyond the Packers. The East is how it always is it yeah it's it's rough who who were your last cuts who just missed out on wild card spots for you guys because i know for me um the 49ers were a last cut for me um and i think also the vikings 
Yeah, I did not consider the Vikings really. If their defense looked a little better in preseason, I might have been on them. Uh, I think first cut for me was the Saints. So, I mean, my wild cards were Seahawks, 49ers, and Washington football team. Saints are right in there. I would not be surprised to see them steal it from anyone. And then Cardinals, I mean, it's hard. We're just writing them off, but they do have Kyler Murray. I just wish they had a better coach. But uh, Saints were my first cut. Yeah, I agree on the Cardinals. They were, as I said, I wanted to put them in. They were my first cut. It just seems mathematically unlikely that four teams from the same division can all get in. Like they have to, they have to be splitting games there somewhere. Um, I mean, my other cuts were the Cowboys for sure. Like as I said, there there is a ceiling there with that team. Like we could be talking about them as an actual contender or as a joke. We, <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> I, the Saints, I can see it. Like they, they definitely still have a lot of top end talent, especially on the defense, as you said. I and you want to give Sean Payton the benefit of the doubt. So, yeah, th- that's what I would say. All right, let's move over to the AFC, which we said is is the you know stronger conference. Um, let's just get the two easy divisions out of the way. Do any of us see anyone besides the Chiefs winning the AFC West or the Bills winning the AFC East? No. Uh, they have some competition, but they should come out on top pretty pretty easily. Who's uh who's their main competitor uh in each division? Uh Chargers for the Chiefs. And I, I can see that AFC East being fairly competitive. They all kind of split with each other. Um I don't mind what all those teams are doing in the division. So Patriots have their, you know, their positives. Um the Jets I don't think are gonna be as bad as they were last year anyway. And then the Dolphins, hey, if if two of clicks, they could put up a fight. So I think that's gonna be overall like not a fun division to play, but uh the Bills should be able to handle them pretty easily. Yeah, I agree that AFC East is actually looking pretty strong this year, which makes me really scared to say as a Patriots fan. Um I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to argue that the Chiefs or Bills aren't going to come away with their divisions. I wanted to pick the Chargers just to be different, but like we kind of talked about this before, I we can't do this to Chargers fans. <laughs> yeah, that I um I wanted to touch on them when we got to the wild card teams. We can we can talk about them now. The the Los Angeles Chargers on paper should absolutely make the playoffs. And then you remember the fantastic John Boys video on uh, the best. Chargers team in history in fact like one of the best NFL teams in history that was like the number like top five offense top five defense and didn't make the playoffs like what what are the odds and that's something that will happen to the LA Chargers this year so when, I don't think any of us want to want to give you Chargers fans hope so um, yeah, didn't they on, on paper you look their, great though they just cut their kicker right um <laughs> they just cut Badgley uh that, that's been an Achilles heel is the special teams I don't know if that means they they found their kicker and now they moved on or we're just right back to the same Chargers so I really hope we're wrong because I mean that we've been hyped on the Chargers for it feels like seven years in a row and one of these years it's got to happen so stay strong Chargers fans all right. Well, both of you guys have it happening this year. I, I, I'm saying stay strong, Chargers fans, because you're going to need to wait another year at least. Um, and then Bills. Uh, so Bills and Chiefs, top of their division. Uh, AFC North is pretty interesting. We've got, uh, I think, I mean, I think there's three teams that can compete for the AFC North title. Um, Eric, you and I picked the Ravens. Uh, Ryan, you picked the Browns. Um, Ryan, why don't you, what do you see with the Browns? My concern, I'll just say it right off the top. My concern is Baker Mayfield. I don't know that he's good enough at quarterback to take this team to the top of the division. Yeah, this pick is definitely a Baker Mayfield Rorsach test. Um, but I think he's 
very capable in the role that's been designed for him in this offense, which is mostly that of a game manager. I don't think he's going to get in their way. And really, this roster is just built from top to bottom. One of the most talented rosters in the league, especially on the defensive side. Really, this team's not built all that differently from the Ravens other than at quarterback. But I could really see the Browns overperforming this year. So I wanted to go with them. And I figured the Ravens would be a popular pick. Yeah, I mean, I can see the path um, and they're a fantastic defense. I, I guess, you know, if Baker does take that step forward, that does give them that opportunity. But it, it's just a little bit tougher. Um, neither of you guys picked the Steelers to win the division or even uh, make the wild card team. I think the Steelers have a legit chance at making the playoffs this year. Um, what do you why do you guys not buy into the Steelers this year? So I will say back to strength of schedule. Um, they have the hardest schedule, projected schedule in the league. This isn't always perfect, but um, they get the Bills, the Packers, Seahawks, uh, Chiefs. It's a tough schedule. Uh, Browns are actually second easiest. So um, schedule doesn't help. Roethlisberger, hey, maybe he holds up and gives us a decent season. It's probably his last year, but we could see him fade. Uh, they're really banking on their defense to be really good, I think. And that's just, it's hard to repeat that every year. So we know they're going to be a solid defense. It's just, are they going to be a top five unit or not? Um, but it's mainly, it's just a really tough division. I mean, if they were in a number of other divisions, I would pick the Steelers. They've got such a track record, a good system, good coaching. I mean, Tomlin has his his deficiencies, but I think he gets the players to play hard. So um, it's just that division. It's a brutal division. Yeah, the Steelers- really the, it's the NFC West of the AFC, huh? Yeah. Yeah. The Steelers were a team where I stared at the over under for a long time because I'm a I'm a little pessimistic. I don't like what they have going on in the offensive line, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very hard to bet against Mike Tomlin. So I ended up taking the over, but I think they'll have trouble making the playoffs in that division for sure. All right. And then the AFC South, uh, I think AFC South is actually really straightforward. I think you've got two teams at the top that will both make the playoffs and then two teams at the bottom that will be lucky if they combine to win 10 games. Um, Obviously, the Texans and the Jaguars are the teams at the bottom, um, but the Colts and the Titans were split on who's winning that division. I I mean, to me, it's a coin flip. I'm going with the Titans uh, because I again, I'm going to favor offense over defense because I I play fantasy football and I I like those guys. Uh, But uh, Ryan, as the again, as the contrarian here, why are the Colts winning the division? Yeah, you really said it. It's the defense. And also, I mean, the offensive line, like we're, we're not as excited about the Colts passing game as we might be hoping for with the Titans. But I really think that this could be an efficient running game, which doesn't matter as much as the passing game in real football. But it's definitely something I am all in for the Frank Wright, Carson Wentz, like reincarnation narrative as well. So that's why I really went with the Colts. The Titans defense really worries me. And they were I think they were one of the healthiest teams in the league last year. So that kind of makes me a little worried, too. Um, Eric, you know, you're with me on the Titans winning the division. Is it, is this our fantasy football bias speaking? <laughs> it might be. Um, the Colts, it just worries me the start they've gotten off to with all these injuries. Um, at quarterback, their best offensive lineman, T.Y. Hilton, not that he's a huge asset, but he's hurt. They're just racking up already. I don't like supporting teams like that. Um, how many games are we going to get out of Carson Wentz? If not, we're looking at some pretty subpar backups here. Uh, I just I think there's a lot of ways this season goes south for the Colts. The Titans, I kind of feel like we are undervaluing a little bit the fact that I know Julio hasn't been 
you know, in camp, but he just doesn't practice. Um, we drop Julio into this offense with AJ Brown and Derrick Henry. I think we're undervaluing that a little bit. So as long as losing Arthur Smith doesn't tank this offense's efficiency, I think the Titans have enough power, firepower to put up with that bad defense. So I just, the Colts, if, if they were all healthy, then I'd probably pick them, but I just don't like the start they've gotten off to. Okay. So between the AFC divisions, we've got the Chiefs, the Bills, and then one of the Ravens and Browns and one of the Titans Colts making the playoffs. All right. So there's four teams. Then you also have the other of the Titans Colts and the other Ravens Browns. I, I think it's safe to say if we all think they're battling for the division title, they're probably making the playoffs. Um, Ryan, I know you don't have the Titans in your wild card um, spot. That's again, foolish mistake, but that's okay. Um, but so at the very least, there's two teams that we have to account for when talking about wild card contenders. In the AFC, I think there's another maybe five teams. Dolphins and Patriots have to be considered. Uh, Steelers have to be considered. And then the Chargers. So I think that's six teams for three spots. Um, am I missing anyone or am I am I counting anyone in there that shouldn't be involved in that conversation? Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with the teams you just laid out there. I Like I said, I'm a little pessimistic on the Steelers this year, but Chargers, Dolphins, Patriots, I can really see a way that all of them make it in so yeah i wouldn't take too much uh issue with that i and like i'm not super against the titans this year like i think they're going to be great for fantasy football i'm in fact i'm hoping their defense is terrible so that they're great for fantasy (laughs) football but yeah i don't know how much that translates to real wins but i can like i can see the argument i can definitely see them winning the division or just getting a wild card spot I'm taking your feelings about the Titans as a personal attack on the Cowboys again, because again, I feel like it's very much the same team. So, um, Ryan, you got to you got to tread carefully here. But um, Eric, are there any other teams uh, that we're not talking about that that maybe have a chance at making the playoffs? Yeah. So, I mean, I had Browns and Chargers as my wild card teams, but I wanted to get someone different in there. There's always someone who comes out of nowhere to sneak in a wild card spot and then get crushed in the first round of the playoffs. Um, <laughs> so I went with the Denver Broncos. Um, obviously, the quarterback situation is not ideal here. Um, they have a really nice schedule, though. It's the seventh easiest in the league. They start out with the Giants, Jaguars, Jets. Um, they, you know, then it's the Ravens, Steelers, but then they play the Raiders. Like they play the Eagles this year, the Lions, the Bengals, the Raiders again. Um, they've got a really easy schedule. The Broncos should have a really good defense and they've got a kind of loaded offense other than quarterbacks. So, um, you know, this is just kind of trying to pick one off the radar a little bit. I like their schedule. And if Bridgewater can piece it together, um, play maybe kind of like he did with the with the Panthers last year, or maybe Locke comes off the bench and gives him a spark. I don't know. But I think there's some ways they get out to a hot start. They're like five and two, and all of a sudden they're kind of in the hunt. So um, Broncos are my wild card one. Um, and it actually it just realized something I, I wanted to mention before. Um, I would kind of like the Jaguars this year if they didn't have Urban Meyer. So, uh, yeah, that kind of kills all my hype for them. But they could have been a sleeper this year with Trevor Lawrence. But I hate their coach. So, um, yeah. Give me the Broncos, though, sneaking into the wild card. Was was Doug Marone any better? Well, I mean, they weren't making the playoffs <laughs> with Doug Marone either. Just give me someone other than uh, bottom three coach in the league. I, we'll see about Meyer, but I just hate everything that's coming out of camp. I hate. Um. Yeah, I mean, well, sure. I guess it all comes down again to if Trevor Lawrence can step in and, and be a winning quarterback right away. Um. I, I think the Jaguars have too many issues, though, for even if he is – uh, you know, let's say if he wins rookie of the year, which by the way, none of us picked Trevor Lawrence to win rookie of the year. The the guy who actually definitely has the job and has like no competition, 
uh, we're all like, nah, not that guy. Um, but let's, uh, before we get into individual awards, just real quick, uh, Eric, what do you have for the Super Bowl this year? Um, I'm going to pick the same one I picked last year. I'm going Packers Chiefs. Um, it's hard for me to pick anyone other than the Chiefs, and I did not want to pick a rematch of Chiefs Bucks. So I'm going with the Packers. Uh, maybe Rogers last hurrah here, and maybe they won't kick field goals when they need touchdowns this year. So Packers Chiefs. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, I'm going Seahawks Bills. I agree it's really hard to pick against the Chiefs, but I think this is more of what I'm rooting for or what the Super Bowl that I want to watch is. I really want to watch these two exciting dual threat quarterbacks duke it out with not a lot of defense and have like a 70 point total in the Super Bowl. So that's what I'm going with. And of course, you have the Seahawks winning because uh, the Bills cannot win a Super Bowl. Uh, and then I've got the Packers over the Ravens. Um, I, I, you know what? I think Lamar Jackson takes a step forward this year as a runner, not as a passer. He still can't pass, but I think he's going to find a way to be even better on the ground. Uh, no one's going to know how to contain him. And then Aaron Rodgers, I honestly, I think he's going to get the job offer uh, to, to host Jeopardy. And so he's going to go out on an absolute blazing pile of glory uh, and just carry this uh, uh, Packers team to the Super Bowl so that he can uh, he can talk about himself somehow on Jeopardy. They'll have some Packers related questions. So that's my uh, that's my theory. I think Packers beat the Ravens. Ryan, you've got Seahawks over Bills and Eric Chiefs over Packers. Uh, let's talk about award predictions real quick. MVP to go right along with each of your Super Bowl winners. Guys, this is regular season MVP, not Super Bowl MVP. But Eric, you've got Patrick Mahomes. And Ryan, you've got Russell Wilson. Uh, Eric, you don't need to talk about why Mahomes might win MVP. We we've seen the story before, but Russell Wilson, uh, Ryan, why is he winning MVP this year of all years? I mean, I'm just thinking back to last year after the first six to eight weeks of the season when Russell Wilson was going to be the consensus MVP, and yep, then odds on favorite. Yeah, every like everyone was talking about the narrative is so strong with Russell Wilson. He's finally cooking, and then. They ran the offense in and it didn't work out. So as I said, this is, I think I'm going to say this literally every year until it happens, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just placing my bets that this is the year Russell Wilson strings it together. I mean, I'm placing my bets in fantasy football on it too. I have so much Tyler Lockett, so much Russell Wilson, but that's what I'm really going with here. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. I could see it. Um, I've got Dak Prescott because I think if the Cowboys win the division, if they win, let's say even 12 or more games. Um, and you know, the way, the way they're going to do that is by averaging 35 points per game, uh, or more, uh, it's going to require a lot from Dak Prescott. We saw the absolute insane volume that he was on through five games last year. Um, and, and just, I mean, he was on pace to his, his passing numbers were absolutely insane through just those five games. So if he can do that again, kind of same story as Russell, Russell Wilson, if he can keep it up over a full season and if the Cowboys make the playoffs, I don't think, there's a way that uh, he doesn't win MVP um, offensive rookie of the year. I'm, I'm going to start this because I'm I'm picking a guy who's actually the starter week one. And that's Mac Jones. Uh, as much as I like Trevor Lawrence and he has a lot of good weapons down there in Jacksonville. I think if Mac Jones has comparable numbers and the Patriots win more games because they have a better defense, I think Mac Jones will get the edge over Trevor Lawrence um, as long as the numbers are mostly the same. Um, Eric, you've got Trey Lance. Why is he going to be the quarterback that wins rookie of the year? Yeah. So I think these awards are pretty narrative based most of the time, as long as it's close. Um, that's why Trevor Lawrence, if they're, you know, five and 
12. I, I just don't know. He's going to have to have a really good year. I could just see Trey Lance coming in by week three, catching fire, kind of a, uh, you know, an RG3 type season. They make the playoffs like I picked them, and uh, he gets rookie of the year. So I think the player that's hot towards the end and the team has success generally wins these. So that's why I'm going with Trey Lance here. Ryan, why do I feel like I can copy and paste everything Eric just said? And it's the same thing what you're about to say about Justin Fields. That is exactly what I was about to say. I was going to it like literally the same exact take, just play it twice. And I don't know, make it sound like me somehow. And that that's everything that I had to say. Yeah, I was like, Ryan picked the Bears to make the playoffs. Ryan thinks Justin Fields is going to start here pretty quickly. Yeah, so I think uh, I think the, the path forward for both Trey Lance and Justin Fields is pretty similar. Um I, I am a little bit, I think if I were to pick one of these two, I would pick Fields. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit better of a quarterback than Andy Dalton. Um, I think the 49ers have a better chance at winning games uh, than the Bears do and will have less of an incentive to make the change. And I think Fields is a little bit more game ready than Trey Lance. So the, the upside is massive. And I think Lance might be the better quarterback when all is said and done. But to pick him to win rookie of the year, it just feels like. I, I get the feeling that this actually might be one of those years where Trey Lance just kind of sits behind Garoppolo all season long and it's, and he becomes a great quarterback for it. Cause he didn't spend a whole year, you know, taking hits and, and, you know, trying to make whatever happen as a rookie um, offensive player of the year. Uh, this is like the, what the best non quarterback award typically um, Eric, who do you have winning this award? You know, you say that, but I don't know what this award is. Um, so running backs have been <laughs> awarded this 26 times. Quarterbacks have won it 20. Um, there have only That's been fair. two receivers, Jerry Rice and Michael Thomas. I don't know how you decide on a quarterback or not when they win MVP. I don't quite understand. So I went with a running back. Um, and I went with, you know, I, I was trying to look down the board a little bit here. Um, but I went with Jonathan Taylor. I could see mm-hmm. a scenario where he has a Derrick Henry type season like Derrick Henry won it last year um, and just has a massive like rushing yardage total. It may not be the fantasy production we want without the pass catching, but they don't care about that for offensive player of the year. So I could see Taylor just highlight after highlight, breaking tackles, bunch of touchdowns, bunch of, bunch of yards and winning this thing. So I think it's probably quarterback or running back. And I didn't want to pick a quarterback. Uh, so there've only been two wide receivers uh, who have won this award. So Ryan, why is Calvin Ridley going to be the third wide receiver ever to win this award? Yeah, I, I honestly didn't look up how many had done it historically. For some reason, I thought that receivers won this award more often, probably because Thomas did recently. So yeah, didn't know, yeah, didn't know I was going to be cornered into <laughs> Calvin Ridley's about to have a Jerry Rice level season take. But you know what? I'll do it. So th- this Falcons offense really, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Kyle Pitts. We don't need to get into that right now, but it's not it's, it's not good if you hadn't listened yeah. to the t- tight end podcast. <laughs> the the we- the weapons on this offense outside of Calvin Ridley are not inspiring. I we can see Calvin Ridley leading the league in targets this year. That wouldn't be that crazy. The Falcons are going to be behind all year. I mean, they don't really have a whole lot to play for. I feel like when we see these franchises kind of crater like this, the player that will still produce for fantasy is the wide receiver one that just soaks up every single target. And I mean, I'm not even like a huge, like Calvin Ridley stand. Like I haven't been that on him, like since he's been in the league, but this year it just feels like that ceiling is really there from a target volume perspective. And if I'm picking a receiver that could have that type of Michael Thomas, 2019 season, I've got to go with Ridley. 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Ridley is definitely one of the most talented receivers in the NFL and now has, uh, you know, the receiving game pretty much to himself. I mean, as much to himself as he's had it his whole career with Julio Jones being there uh, every year up until now. Um, I, I'm I'm going to make a comparison here that's going to make me sound foolish, but it's better than the Ramondre Stevenson comparison, at least. Um, and that is Alvin Kamara is going to have a Ladanian Tomlinson-like season it is not going to be 2300 yards from scrimmage and 31 combined touchdowns but it is going to be like that um and that is because the saints have absolutely no one else to go to this year um yes uh james winston likes to chuck the ball downfield yes they have like marquez calloway and we'll have michael thomas for half a season but for the first time in alvin Kamara's career he's not going to have a running back that he's going to be splitting work with. I, I mean, I don't think Latavius Murray or Tony Jones are going to get the kind of work that they've gotten in the past. I think now at this point, the saints have to lean on Kamara as much as humanly possible to generate offense. Um, last year, he had almost 1700 yards from scrimmage and 21 combined rushing and receiving touchdowns. So a far cry from the Ladainian Tomlinson numbers, but it's a similar workload. I think this is going to be a, an offense that's going to lean on Kamara heavily and we're going to see a season like Latanian Tomlinson. Not not at those numbers, though. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, yeah, he's going to get so much work. Um, I, I do think you kind of need for offensive player of the year kind of the highlight reel. So we need some big explosive Camara plays to kind of put on the, the tape at the end of the year to get the voters over to the side. But love it. Camara sounds good. We're going to get a beast mode run, but it's going to yeah. be a screen pass and it's going to be all the other offensive linemen like blocking people and pancaking them. But it's going to be very similar to, to those beast mode runs that the Saints um, were on the receiving end of. Uh, defensive player of the year. We all just picked really, really good pass rushers because that's usually who wins. Uh, you look at the uh, like the DraftKings or Vegas Insider um, odds on who's most likely to win the award, and it's pretty much all pass rushers who are really, really good. So um, I don't know if you can really make a case for Aaron Don- uh, Donald or Miles Garrett or Chase Young, who Eric Ryan and I have re- picked respectively. Um, all three of them are really great, and they all do really well at getting after the quarterback. Um Eric, is there any any reason why you should uh, bet on one of these guys over the other two? I'll be honest. I saw you two didn't pick Aaron Donald, and I was like, somebody has to take him. So he has kind of entered the stage of his career where, like, I think if all things are considered equal, uh, he's got the respect. I think he gets the vote again. So one of these guys really has to knock him off, I think. That's fair. A little bit of the uh, uh, incumbent, you know, bias there. Um, okay, and then for coach of the year, uh, Eric, you've got Sean McVay. So really just sticking with the Rams there. Uh, Ryan, you've got Frank Reich. You talked about how you really think the Colts can put it together um, when talking about the Colts winning the division and, uh, you know, the Carson Wentz, Frank Reich connection. Um, and then I, I just, you know, Chargers fans, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if this doesn't turn out well, but I'm picking Brandon Staley. Um, if the Chargers do well, we're all just going to blame Anthony Lynn because it's like mostly the same team from last year. So we're going to be like, oh, my God, Anthony Lynn was so terrible. Brandon Staley so amazing, even if he's not. I just think he has the best chance. And by the way, he is the favorite according to DraftKings. It's not by much. I mean, they're all pretty similar. Uh, yeah. Vic Fangio has like the eighth best uh, odds. So it's not like they're all separated too far apart from each other. But Brandon Staley is the favorite right now to win Coach of the Year. So I'm so sorry, Chargers fans, because I, I don't want to get your hopes up. But I, I'm going to here. Yeah, Coach of the Year is the worst narrative-driven one. I mean, like this should be like Andy Reid or, you know, uh Whoever. I mean, <laughs> Bill Belichick, like it's never the best coach who wins this. So I was thinking with McVay, it's just like, oh, look what he is without a bad quarterback. Let's give it to McVay. That's that's the narrative I'm going with. 
Yeah, I feel like the media has soured a little bit on McVeigh uh, since that Super Bowl performance, but I could yeah. I could definitely see them hopping back on if he finds a lot of success with Stafford. I don't hate that pick at all. And as far as mine, yeah, you pretty much covered it, Miles. Like, I can just see the narrative being so strong if Wentz puts together even an adequate season. Here's the real question. If they have comeback coach of the year award, is uh, Bill Belichick or Sean McVay winning it? Because both of them have, you know, <laughs> if if you were to look at this situation and say, hey, we brought in a new coach and, uh, you know, it's it's Mon McVay and uh, Bill Belichick still, you can't you can't switch his first and last name and get a different person. But Bell Belichick, um, they're winning coach of the year because it's just a new coach and that they're going to be doing better than they did last year. Um, but they're not going to get, I don't think they're going to get that narrative, unfortunately, because of, uh, of the fact that we're already oversaturated on them. Um, Eric, I know you are pressed for time and I'm going to have to leave here in a second. Cause you know, you actually like run the whole website and like do important things. And you actually have to like, make sure that everything runs, uh, smoothly. So just real quick, um, give me your five favorite over unders. If you were to bet on five of the over unders here, which five teams are you betting on? I had to continually remind myself it's a 17-game season, 17-game season when looking at these numbers. Um, so I'm going to start out with the Bills over under of 11. Uh, 12 and 5 seems totally in the realm of possibility for me. I just I don't see how, uh, you know, all these can go wrong, but I don't see how that one goes wrong. Um, I'm Next up, I'm going to go under seven wins for the New York Giants. Speaking of things going wrong, uh, Kenny Galladay hasn't been practicing. Daniel Jones doesn't seem to be making a step. Um, team players were just leaving the team and retiring during training camp. Like, uh, we don't know how much Saquon Barkley we're going to get. Like, I don't see the over here for the giants. So, um, under seven wins for the giants. Uh, I'm going to go under the bears. I think I was the only one. Um, I just, I've seen enough of Andy Dalton and I worry it's going to take a while to get Justin Fields in there and their defense may not be good anymore. They've lost a lot of talent there. So, um, I think they're going to need their offense a lot more. And so we're really going to need Justin Fields to take over and look good really quickly. Um, then next up, uh, over 10 wins for the Packers. That one seems suspiciously low. I don't know why it's that low. Their strength of schedule isn't that bad. It's middle of the pack. So um, this feels like a trap. Usually Vegas is on these, but I'm going over 10 wins for the Packers. And then I'm going over 10 and a half wins for the Rams. I, I talked about them enough, but uh, we need health here. But if they are healthy, they have the most top end talent possibly in the league. And I'm really excited to see what, you know, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and um, Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson and all these guys can do with Stafford throwing them ball in this offense. So uh, those are my favorite over-unders of the year. I, I might need to drive to Vegas uh, with that Packers over-under because 10 yeah. feels ridiculously low. Yeah, I don't know um, what we're Eric. Really appreciate it. Um, and you guys are going to see Eric again next week on the Sit Start podcast. Um, so, Ryan, let's talk about why Eric's wrong on all of his over-unders. Uh, so, um, real quick, though, I do want to point out. So, Eric mentioned the Chicago Bears as his uh, one of his best bets at under. You have the Bears as one of your best bets at over. Is it safe to say that you guys just don't see eye-to-eye on when Justin Fields is going to be starting for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Like, I really just don't see Andy Dalton surviving that long. It's completely possible the Bears start 0-3 and still hit that over. I, I mean, that it's a weak division. Like, they should have four fairly easy wins against the Lions and the Vikings. That gets them halfway there. I And really, the Bears' defense should be at least adequate. Their secondary is not incredible, but they have a decent pass rush, so... 
I'll take the Bears over. I'm pretty I feel pretty decent about it. I if it was like eight and a half, nine, I'd be really scared, but seven and a half seems achievable. Yeah, I feel the same. I, I also picked the over on the Bears. I don't feel as confident about it because uh for me, the the thing is when when it comes to over-unders, is you gotta be able to see like within the realm, can they blow past this number within the realm of possibility, right? Like if you're saying, hey, best case scenario, they're winning nine games. And the over under seven and a half, that's a little, that's a little tough. That's a little tight for me. So I can't pick them as one of my best bets, but I do think this is a team that will win more than seven games. Um, even if Andy Dalton's at quarterback, I, I just think there's a, enough talent on this bears team. They get to play the lions twice. That's two automatic wins. Um, so I just, I feel like the bear and, and the Vikings, they're going to find a way to lose one of these games against the bears. Uh, so I, I just, I feel like the bears do have a good chance at hitting at least eight wins. Um, I don't feel as good as you about it. And then um, I also noticed you have the Packers as, as your best bet for over. Um, I didn't have them as a best bet, but I, it was just, it was too obvious. I mean, the Packers could win like 15 games this year um, and they have an over under set at 10. So I don't know why we're not seeing a shift in the line, um, but we should very soon because this line, I think, I think this line is one of the worst lines I've seen here. Yeah. Um, is so this far. line like from when we didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was playing this year? Like I I'm genuine, genuinely confused that it's that low. Like the, yeah, one of the things I did disgusting. One of the things I did notice on DraftKings is that um, it it does have one of the worst odds to go over ten. Um, it is negative one or minus one sixty five. Um, so that's it's not like it's it's even money on both sides. But uh, the I usually they they move the line um, a half win or one win um, to kind of even it out a little bit more. So I am a little bit surprised by that. Even at minus one sixty five, I think I'm still gonna take the over on the green Bay Packers. It's just, it's too, too obvious in my opinion. Um, Let's just go division by division. We don't need to talk too much about some of these because as we talked about before the show, it's the thing with the NFL over unders is that it can go either way on a dime. Um, There's really, you know, a team that is projected to win 10 games could easily win seven could easily win 12. Um, And so it's kind of tough for some of these, uh, these ones, but we all have the Buffalo Bills as over 11. Um, Eric talked about why. Uh, I think they're going to win the division pretty handily. I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC. Yeah, I agree. It's really hard to bet against the Bills this year. I mean, jo- Josh Allen just really silenced all the haters last year. I mean, I've signed my Josh Allen apology note or whatever that meme was going around on Twitter. Like, I, yeah. yeah, he made me eat my words, and I'm not betting against him this year. All right, and then now you're over on – every team in the AFC East. That's Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots and New York Jets. Um, Dolphins and Patriots are both at nine and a half and the Jets at six. And I'm under on all three. Um, I, because of how good the AFC is and because I expect the bills to win all six of their divisional games. I mean, they'll probably lose one because it's very rare for a team to actually win all six of their divisional games. Just ask the Kansas city chiefs um, uh, how easy it is just to beat the Raiders. You know, <laughs> it should have been a lot easier than it was, but uh, I just, I don't I feel like the Dolphins and Patriots are both a bit of paper tigers in the way that we're seeing them this year. Yeah, the Patriots are the ones I feel the worst about uh, taking the over at nine and a half. The Dolphins, I think, have enough talent on their roster where even if Tua isn't hitting like a 90th percentile outcome that they can put 10 wins together without too much trouble. But the Patriots could definitely have some issues. I mean, it really will come down to the defense. Uh like I think Mac Jones can be like a mediocre offense, uh, but that I mean I'm really a little bit worried about the secondary with 
uh, Gilmore not being there. So, yeah, yeah, that's a tough loss for sure. Um, in the AFC North, um, obviously we differed on the division winner, but we all picked the Ravens to win more than 11 games, which means obviously you picked the Browns as one of your best bets to go over 10 and a half as you expect them to win more games than the Ravens. Um, how many wins do you think this Browns team could have? I mean, like a probable outcome is 11 or 12. I think the Browns could have as many as like 13 wins, though. It, w- it wouldn't surprise me that much I to see them have one of the best defenses in the league and just kind of drag teams into the mud. I mean... And I mean, really, the th- same thing could happen with the Ravens. Like, I, I also took the Ravens over. Mm-hmm. But the- these two teams are kind of mirror images of each other this year. And I feel pretty good about both of them. Wanted to just go confident on the Browns, though, because you get that extra half game. Yeah. And I mean, you did pick the team that has the better quarterback if we're only factoring in how well they pass the ball. <laughs> Because Lamar's not good at that. But the the Ravens offense is, I think, to me, better than the Browns offense as a whole. And the defenses I see is similar. So that's why I think the Ravens are the better team. And so I'm picking the over on the Ravens, but the under on the Browns. I think the Browns can be a 10-win team. Um, but I just don't see with Baker under center. Again, unless he takes some big step forward that I, I, I just am not seeing from him, uh, I don't see them winning more than 10 games. Um, I do see the Pittsburgh Steelers winning 10 games which is why I have an easy over on them. Um, Now, one of the things that I did not take into account was strength of schedule. Um, So I did not know that the Steelers have one of the toughest schedules, but you know what? They, 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 they handle adversity. Well, okay. This is a, this is a a city that, you know, they're not bothered by a little hard work. Okay. The the Steelers, you know, they're, it's black and yellow. It's cool, right? They, They can, they can handle a tough schedule. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, Mike Tomlin got Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph to over 500 a couple of years ago. So it's it's just hard to take the under. I don't feel great about it, but th- this this is a franchise. I'm not super bullish on right now. I re- really hated Najee Harris in the first round of this year's draft. But yeah, I, I've got to agree that nine to 10, maybe 11 wins seems most likely. Yeah, to be fair, Eric picked the Steelers is under eight and a half. So while you're out on them, he's out on them even more. So there's definitely uh, some trouble in uh, Pittsburgh. I was gonna say trouble in paradise, but it's definitely not paradise. Um, then we all picked the under on the Bengals because they're not winning seven games. This year. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, so speaking of teams, we all picked the under on. We also all picked the under on the Houston Texans because they're not winning four games this year. Uh, even if Cam Newton signs there, uh, I just don't. I they are not good on either end of the ball. Uh, their best running back is maybe Philip Lindsay. It, may, it, may, it might be Rex Burkhead. I don't know. This is bad. I don't like this team and they're not winning four games. Um, and I think we all picked the under on the Jaguars as well. They'd only need to win seven games to get the over. And if Trevor Lawrence is as good as advertised, it might be doable, but um, this team still has a lot of the same holes from last year. And uh, they, they won one game last year. Yeah, Lawrence is really not being set up to succeed. I mean, LaVisca Chenault is someone I'm excited about, but with the ETN injury, um, and I mean, Shark isn't healthy yet, as far as we know, it it's going to be tough. This was one that I did look at for a long time. I think this is a very well set over under. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, ultimately, I'm just going to bet against Urban Meyer. So 
Yeah, everyone hates Urban Meyer. We need it. That needs to be the next TV show. Everyone hates Urban Meyer. <laughs> um, and then with the Colts and the Titans, they both have their over-under set at nine. Um, they're both teams that could win the division. I easily could see this division being like the, you know, the Colts win the division at 10 and seven and the Titans are a wild card team at nine and eight kind of a situation. Um, so I, I'm taking the over on both. I, I know that in that scenario, that's not the over for the Titans, but, uh, I, they could both win 10 games very easily. So I'm taking the over on both. Um, you got the Colts winning the division. So obviously you have the over on them. And you talked a lot earlier about why you don't think the Titans uh, are going to make the playoffs. So therefore, obviously under on nine wins for them. Um, AFC West, pretty easy. Chiefs are going to win the over or are going to do the over at 12 and a half. I mean, they're probably going to lead the NFL in wins most likely. Um, they're, they're all still young. Um, they don't need to sit players as they get close to the playoffs. They, they'll probably go like 15 and two or something. Um, 12 and a half still feels too low. Yeah, it's hard, um, it's hard to poke a hole here. Like, I, I can't imagine Patrick Mahomes not getting to 13 wins. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe CEH holds them back. I don't know. There's no way. Uh, <laughs> no. Now, the rest of the division, we picked the over on the LA Chargers. Again, you know, they're a good team. They should they should be a good team. Yeah, we can this, just leave it there. I think that's yeah. probably enough. The Chargers fans are probably excited enough now. Um if you want to know more about why your Chargers are good, go listen to literally any other podcast or read any other article about the Chargers. Everyone's in on them this year. And uh, it'll be an exciting year of L.A. football, I think, uh, between both the Rams and the Chargers. What do you make of the Raiders and the Broncos? Um, Broncos at eight and a half, Raiders at seven. Yeah, I went under on both. I think I originally wanted to go over on the Broncos, but that that was just too many overs, especially for the AFC. So I switched them to the under. I mean, we with the Broncos, it really starts and ends at the quarterback position. I, if you, I cannot believe that they messed up this Drew Lock thing so badly. When when they passed on Justin Fields on draft night, oh my god! It, you I, mu- if you were in Denver that night, you must have been like, wow, they they must really think this Lock kid is the real deal. Like they must have so much confidence, and then he's not even named the starter. I don't know if they thought the Aaron Rodgers thing was like locked in. Cause I mean, if you airdrop Aaron Rodgers on this roster, it looks pretty good. Like I, re- I don't mind this roster at all outside of the quarterback position, but it's really hard to bet on them to go over 500 with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. Yeah. I remember on draft night uh, as a Cowboys fan feeling like we were going to be able to get one of JC Horn or Patrick certain at pick 10, um, especially when the bears had traded up to pick 11. So they didn't trade up higher to get their quarterback. Um, I thought that that meant that the Panthers or the Broncos were definitely picking a quarterback. Um, and that's why they weren't going to trade back with the bears. Cause they knew that, that, you know, they wanted fields and bears is going to, uh, we're going to take their guy. And then to see horn and certain go off the board back to back at eight and nine was incredibly surprising. Um, I, I really, really thought that, you know, the, the bears would have traded up into that spot if, if they weren't going to be taking a quarterback um, and the Broncos just pick certain. So, you know, that was, them's the breaks. Uh, Michael Parsons looks good though. So I'll, I'll take it, but I really would have liked the shutdown corner in Dallas. Um, but yeah, the, the Broncos, it's tough to pick the over for them. Uh, I don't see a path to it with either quarterback really. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, unless drew lock uh, has the Josh Allen season, um, that we didn't see from Josh Allen. So maybe it's possible. We don't see it coming from drew lock, but I, I don't think it's there. Um, moving to the NFC. I mean, the, the NFC East obviously is a mess, but uh, I mean, the over underlines kind of 
reflect that too. Uh, Eagles are the lowest at six and a half. Cowboys are the highest at nine. So Vegas doesn't really even know what to do here. Uh, I mean, any of these teams, except for the Giants, any of these teams could theoretically win the division because that's how things go in the NFC East. Um, do you feel confident enough to bet on any of these lines? Wait, you think the Eagles could win this division? Why don't you walk me through this? <laughs> um, so the NFC East has this weird thing where like, any team can win the division any given year, no matter how trash they look, because the NFC East, it just, there's a weird curse placed over the division at all times. Like if you go back and look every year at who won the division, and then you go back to the start of the year and go, Hey, did people think this team could win the division? You've got like the few years, the Cowboys were actually good. And then a bunch of like, Oh no, we didn't see this coming. Yeah, that's fair. I I mean, you can maybe talk yourself into the Eagles if you we see Jalen Hurts hitting like a really good outcome. Um, I mean, that's pretty we, much it. Yeah, and if they stay extremely healthy, maybe like they're. I but I mean, their offensive line just crumbled last year, and you really have to worry about that, especially with the age of some of those guys. But yeah, basically, it's like baby Ravens, where Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders can cobble enough of a of a weird rushing offense together um and hurts can be a good enough passer that they have to respect that whereas with the giants i just i don't i don't see a path to them being good um because i don't think daniel jones has any path forward to being good so i think that's that's kind of more my my reason why the eagles i think are the third most likely team to win the division yeah it's it was i will say it felt very like therapeutic and satisfying to just hit under 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 in this division (laughs) and i i had to take the over for washington uh because i picked them as a division winner but yeah, it I I just don't feel good about this division at all. You seem I, I to think, though. You have three out of the four over. Again, it has more more to do with the fact that um, I believe in the Cowboys, and I think Washington has a good enough defense to to win to also potentially win the division. And then again with the Eagles at six and a half, I feel like they can win seven games. I feel like they could win eight games, um, and it wouldn't be too crazy to see that. But I'll, I'll say this. If you bet money on the over under in the NFC East, you I think you should just set fire to your money because I think that'd be more fun to watch um, than to have to watch the NFC East and hope they win. Or, or I mean, I guess you could bet under and hope they lose games and then be mad when they don't do that either. Um, NFC North, I think the only one we have consensus on, other than the Packers, obviously, is uh, under on the Vikings at nine. Um, I don't, I don't know what the path is to the Vikings winning ten games. Yeah, I don't really see it either. I We would have to see some pretty good Kirk Cousins performances. I don't think this defense is going to keep them in really any games. It was dreadful last year. There's just really no pass rush. Uh, yeah, I don't see it. I mean, it's probably – I don't even want to say it's two automatic losses to the Packers because the, something always happens in a Vikings-Packers yeah. game. But Yeah, that's a, that's one win for the Vikings right there. Yeah, and so if you if we give them one win against the Packers, they need to cobble together another eight to push. Yeah, I I'm just not seeing it with the Vikings. Hey, they got Everson Griffin back. That's a that's a player who can rush the quarterback. <laughs> In theory, five years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, so then NFC South, um, man, we're all under on the NFC South. I think uh, of the twelve potential picks, the three of us picking the four different teams. We went under on ten of them. You went under on all four teams. Um which of the four do you feel best about hit going under their mark? And just real quick, that's um Buccaneers at twelve wins, Saints at nine, Panthers and Falcons at both seven and a half. 
Yeah, Falcons under absolutely every day of the week. This mm-hmm. defense, like I've I've said this a lot this podcast, it feels like, but this defense just isn't going to get the job done. I mean, we they basically gave up halfway through last season. I think we're <laughs> going to see something similar. And Matt Ryan, good quarterback at this point in his career. I don't think he's keeping them in enough games or winning enough games by himself to get eight wins even. So th- this is a team that, could have like four wins and I wouldn't be that shocked. Yeah. The thing is, you know, Kyle Pitts was such a fantastic pick from a uh, fantasy perspective. And I don't know that he contributes to them winning games, um, especially when he's replacing, you know, Julio Jones and that offense who granted didn't play a whole lot last year. um, But I I don't think that we can say that Kyle Pitts is going to have the impact on the Falcons offense uh, right away that Julio Jones has had the past few years. Um, I actually feel the best about the Buccaneers going under 12 wins. I don't think they need to win 12 games to win the division. And uh, this is a team that is on the older side, um, not just at quarterback, but at a lot of their positions. Um, they have a lot of players who have uh, injury, you know, have had injury concerns over the past few years with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, you know, Rob Gronkowski, obviously there's just, I think they're going to take their foot off the gas pedal during the regular season. They just won the Super Bowl. They know that they should make the playoffs. Um, and so I just, I feel like if they're sitting there at 10 and three uh, and the saints are the next best team at say like uh, six and seven, six and six, maybe even seven and, and six, maybe the Buccaneers might just be like, you know what? We're good. We can just take it easy that down the stretch, we don't need to win all these games. Um, we can, we can, I mean, you're, it's not like they're going to sit Brady, but like, they're not also not going to throw his arm out. Um, or anything like that. So I just feel like the the Bucks don't need to win 12 games to win the division, and so they're just not going to. Yeah, after the first month of the season last year, we were looking at this Buccaneers team and being like, huh, I don't know if this is really working. Like, they got really hot down the stretch, and that was mm-hmm. how they carried it into the Super yep. Bowl. But that that team was really concerning after the first four, five, even six weeks. I mean, yeah, and like you said, they have run pretty pure with injuries last year. I mean, I appreciate how this team is built. They have a lot of really good like day two draft picks that have been starting for them. I mean, the talent's definitely there, but yeah, like you said, they they don't need to win twelve games to win this division. They could they could win this division with ten wins. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things too. Like last year, you know, they needed to play hard down the stretch because they were all they were all learning together um, how to, how to play together. This is a team that unlike last year has hardly any roster turnover. And and while you can say they didn't really have a ton of turnover last year either, they had a new quarterback and that's the most turnover a team can have um, this year. You've got all the same receivers, all the same tight ends, um, all the same running backs with uh, the exception of Giovanni Bernard, who should just slot right into, I mean, he'll be just Tom Brady will look at him and be like, Oh, cool. James white. Sweet. Uh, I know what this is. So it's, it's going to be a situation where I don't think they have to do what they did last year of turn it on down the stretch and and find that chemistry. I think they're there and uh, they know they can just coast through the regular season um, and and be ready to go for the playoffs. I think maybe the only world in which they go over is if they really value that first week by, and they're sitting there in week 13 and they're saying, we are in the pole position at, at getting the first round by, or we're maybe tied with whoever else is up here with us. Like we'll push for that. But if they're, you know, like I said, if they're 10 and three, nine and four, and the Packers are sitting there, or the Seahawks are sitting there at 12 and one, like, I don't think the Buccaneers are going to spend the rest of their season chasing them. Yeah, um, absolutely. I agree that that is the scenario and it, it could happen. We'll, 
I mean, this division is so weak that it, I we've said this multiple times on this podcast now. Oh yeah, they'll get they have six free wins in the division. They'll totally get six six division wins. But yeah, I don't know. I I'm still on the under. Yeah, me too. Um, and then NFC West, uh, the land of four teams that could make the playoffs. So obviously you have the over on all four, as you had mentioned at one point, you'd even uh, toyed with the idea of the Cardinals also making the playoffs um, and just having all four teams make the playoffs, which I, th- I mean, I think that's doable. I, re- I would not, if you told me right now, every team in the NFC West makes the playoffs, I wouldn't be all that surprised. Yeah, it wouldn't be that crazy. I mean, I don't think we've talked about the Cardinals a ton yet, but Kyler Murray was performing as among the best quarterbacks in the league when he was healthy last year. I mean, he, he missed I want to say he missed a couple weeks and came back. Not really at a hundred percent. I mean, this team has some talent even on the defensive side of the ball now. So I like, I would not be surprised to see them sneak into a wild card and eight and a half over under it. It feels like a team that can go over 500. The only reason that you might say no is because of the division. Yeah, they have six games. So here's the thing. In order to, to hit the over, they have to go nine and seven or better. And they have six games against the Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks. I mean, best case scenario, uh, be, let me rephrase, best realistic case scenario is that they probably go three and three in those games. But I think it's more likely that they go two and four or even one and five just because um, they're outmatched in every single one of these games, unfortunately. So uh, that's just the that's the tough position. And I think if they were in any other division, I, I literally any other division except for maybe the if you swap them with the Bengals in the AFC North, um, their their line would be set higher. But it's just because of the fact that they don't have any easy games in their division. Unfortunately, um, I, it's just tough to see them. I picked the under for them because I think this is a team that's going to win seven or eight games just because uh, they'd have to be perfect outside the division uh, almost to get over, and and that's a really tough thing to do. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely going to be difficult. And like you said, I think two and four to one and five is probably most likely outcome in the division. But it I don't know. It's just, it feels it feels wrong to bet against this roster for 500. And I yeah, I don't know. This isn't one I'm super confident in. Like this is I'm not lining up to go to Vegas right now and place this bet. But yeah. Yeah. Or Atlantic City. Um, and then with uh let, let's just go with your best bet here in the NFC West. Um, that's the team you have picked pick to win, not just the division, not just the conference, but also the Super Bowl. And that's the Seattle Seahawks with 10 wins. Um, I mean, you clearly have high hopes for the Seahawks this year. Uh, I think if they win more than 10 games, it's going to require that they be the best team in the division to do so. And obviously you see that being the case. Yeah, I do see it being the case. And I mean, it as as like an arbitrage play against these against the Rams and the 49ers, they get an extra half win on their line as a little insurance. So I, I really like this bet. Not that I'm like a person that will recommend you bets at all, but, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in on the Seahawks this year. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our take on the over under line set this year and uh, what we think is going to happen in the NFL season. Of course, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show by week three, every single thing we said is going to be wrong and uh, it's we're going to feel like fools. But that's just how football goes. Um, You never know what's going to happen on any given Sunday. And uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. But luckily, the wait is almost over. NFL season starts in just a week. And uh, I cannot wait. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. 